Good morning, everybody. Today, Mr. Hashem will be learning Daf Mem Tessa in Maseches Nazir. Okay, it is true, Andrew, that we probably should start at fifty-seven lines up from the bottom of Chesam and Beis because it's in the middle of a conversation. But I'll say it outside, and we'll only start reading inside from seven lines up from the bottom of Mem Chesam and Beis. And what was the conversation? Well, we learned something fascinating. We started the seventh parak over the weekend, guys. And the seventh parak talks about the Tumah, right? As we know, the Nazir can't get a haircut, can't drink wine, can't be metamita mace. Now, what's amazing is, you know, when it comes to being metamita mace, we have other examples. A coin, for example, cannot be metame to a mace, as we know, because we still have Kohanim today that avoid cemeteries. However, for the Zion Krovim, as we've said already, the Torah says that the coin can be metame. The Nazir, can he also? I mean, he can't be Matame Tumas Mace. Can he be Matame for Zion Krovim? So we've discussed this also. No, he cannot. Right? He cannot be Matame for the Zion Krovim. However, he can be Matame for a Mace Mitzvah. This is akin to the Kohen Gadol's status towards Tumas Mace. In fact, that's how the Mishnah starts in the first, right? The mission in the first mission in the seventh pair. Kohen Gadol Ven Nazir. Okay. So now, there's two psukim to these effect, right? So again, the coin, Gadol's, and the, the Nazir is compared not to a coin. It's more strict than a coin. It's compared to a coin, Gadol. Now, there's two psukim, okay? The Pasuk, with regards to the coin, Gadol, says, oh, This is in Vayikra. Okay? All the fashos mace, right? Anybody who's who's a corpse, you can't touch. And then also it says his mom and his dad. Loitama. That's by a Kohen Gadol. Whereas Arab Sukim in Parshas Nasa of the Nazir says, Le'aviv ulima ulachiv ulachoso loitama lahem mosam ki nezar elokav al rosho. Well, there you go. So what's interesting is by the Kohen Gadol it says, Kol nefashos. Now this is where I'm saying all of yesterday's zaf outside. Because what happens is Machlokas, Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Shmuel, how do you darshan these psukim and where do you learn the halachas of the Nazir and the Kohen Gadol accordingly? Okay, and then we're going to pick up in the middle of that conversation. But just to understand uh, what some of the differences are, when it comes to the Kohen Gadol, it says kol nefashos and it also only mentions the mother and the father. When it comes to the Nazir, it doesn't say kol nefashos, but for whatever reason, it says the mother, the father, the sister, and the brother. So you have to look at these psukim and understand Right, accordingly, which one, uh, which one is, you know, right, which parts of the psukim are supposed to be teaching you which halacha. Okay, that's uh, number one. Also, just point out that we left off kind of at the end of yesterday's daf talking about the, why one would be more chamer than the other, right? That, that's kind of like um, at the heart of the machlokis, a kohen gadol um, does not have to bring karbonos Banos, the way a Nazir does, we say in our Parshas Nazir and Parshas Naso, right, we talk about, before we talk about the uh, pure, the, the ritual of the graduation that a Nazir does Betahara, right, which is the, every Nazir has to do at the end of his Nazirus, we talked about the Betumah, right, we talk about when a Nazir becomes Bepitom, right? He suddenly has Tumas Mace, so he brings the two birds, and then he brings the Korban Asham. There's a ceremony, and he brings Korbanos, more Korbanos than a regular coin that would become Tomei. And so there is a stringency in the Zeros over Kahuna. On the other hand, a Nazir is only temporarily 
not allowed to become Tommy, as opposed to a Kohen, which is part of his status forever, and therein lies the stringency in the Kahuna. So you can see how one way may be more stringent than the other. Anyway, so now we have a question within, we went through all the Limudim of Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Ishmael, so finishing that off, seven lines up on the top, it says, Ule Rabbi Ishmael, Kohen Gadol Hu Where would you know that the Limudim don't cover the case of what would happen if a Kohen Gadol happened to also take on Nazirus? How do we know that he would be able to be Matame for what? For a Mes Mitzvah. So remember, we had just, we just spent yesterday talking about the Limudim for whether they could be Matame Zion Krovim and our mission teaches you that they cannot, and then we talk about the sources. But for a mace mitzvah, both a Nazir and a Kohen Gadol can be Matama for mace mitzvah. The question is, what if you're a Kohen Gadol who happens to take on Naziris? Can you still be Matama for a mace mitzvah? After all, you have this double overlaid, right, uh, stringency on top of you. So Gemara says, came in the Shah Rahman Achad, Lav, Gabi Mace Mitzvah, Mali Chad, Lav, Mali, Train, Lavin. The Gemara uses the logic that once the Once the Torah allows you one love with regards to Mace Mitzvah, meaning, right, once the Torah allows you, whether you're a coin or a Nazir, to, right, um, be, contaminate yourself with the Mace Mitzvah, Mali Chad Lav Mali Lavin, why would it matter whether there's one or two Isurim? Either way, it sounds like categorically, it doesn't matter what the status would be. A Mace Mitzvah is always allowed um, to be Matame for, however. The Gemara asks, therefore, if that's the case, then according to Rishmael, why do I need the extra, the extra, his sister, right, in the case of the Nazir, why does it have to say his sister? In other words, Rabbi Kiva learns from Achoso, just to catch you up, because there's Machlokas Rabbi Kiva Rishmael here, if you remember from yesterday. He learns from Achoso that even on the way to bring the Korban Pesach or to perform a Brismila, you tend to embase mitzvah and you violate the Asay, right? That's the Chiddush. Right? In other words, you can't bring the carbon Pesach if you're Tameh, as we know, right? There's Pesach Shani and all that. Uh, almost a Dafyomi coincidence, by the way, Andrew. Don't want to make you nervous. Uh, it's coming up. And, right, or on the way to Brismila, if, if it's going to be Tameh, it's going to somehow hold you back from doing it Bismana. That's a violation of a Kares, of Mitzvah Asei Bekares, both of which Korban Mitz, uh, Pesach and Brismila are the two Aseis that are going to be Kares there. And, be, and, and despite that, Right, we learn from Achos, so that even on the way you would uh, to do those two, right mitzvahs say you would be contaminate for a mace mitzvah. You would you would actually have to take care of the mace mitzvah. Rabbi Kiva learns that from Achos. But we see Rabbi Shmuel thinks that mace mitzvah trumps everything. That's the question here. In other words, according to Rabbi Shmuel, you don't need the limit of Achoso. because after all, according to the logic. Uh, of the Gemara right now, even if you're a Kohen Gadol Nazir, you'd violate Femes Mitzvah. So there'd be no situation where you wouldn't violate uh, whatever situation you were in and leave the Mace Mitzvah there. So why, according to Rabbi Shmuel, do you need the limit of Achoso? So the Gemara answers, He says, well, the Korban Pesach and the Brismila is different than the Nazir Vekohen, because Nazir Vekohen, both of them are in Yisra Lav, right? It says, don't touch a mace, lo yitama. When you have a Lav, Sheyesh Vemaisa, you get Malkus, okay? But that's still an Yisra Lav, which is not considered as severe as an Yisra Kares, as the Gemara continues to say, Aval Milo, Pesach, the Kares, lo yitama, the mace mitzvah. You would have thought 
that for Milan Pesach, you still would, would have thought that you would go on and bring the Karm Pesach. In other words, what are you going to do? You're going to miss the Karm Pesach on purpose and go and violate the Chiyav and Michayv Kares just to bury my Mitzvah, Kamash Malan? Yes, you would do that. But you need the Pesach of Achoso, even according to Rabbi Shmuel, in order to teach you that. Okay, so that's what... Um, that's what the Chosar would teach you. Fine. So now, going back, as we arrive in Testament Aleph, Rabbi Akiva. Mechdi, lo shna koin gadol l'chudei, v'lo shna koin gadol v'hu nazir, nafka mila achiv. Now, according to Rabbi Akiva, right, it doesn't matter whether a Kohen is a Kohen gadol or even a Kohen gadol and a nazir, either way, from the term Le'achiv, right, which again, Le'achiv Le'achoso only appears by Nazir, right, is already teaching you that you've been matame to a mace. That's what we learned yesterday. So the question is, if that's the case, Le'aviv Le'imo, Lamali, why do I need, right, the additional Le'aviv Le'imo, right, with regards to the Kohen Gadol, right? In other words, once you already know that he was a Nazir and a Kohen Gadol, that he can be matame, so you don't need in the Pasuk of the Kohen Gadol, you don't need La'aviv Ulimo. So the Gemara says, no, Tzrichi, the Ikas of Aviv, if it had just said Aviv by the Kohen Gadol, Right, in other words, um, you can, right, you can't, right, be Matame for his father. Uh, right, so, so again, that for your father, in other words, why do you need to know that the Kohen Gadol can't be metamet uh, for the Zion Krovim, right? So, so again, if it had just said that you can't be metamet for your father, and it says, lo aviv, then you would have thought that the Kohen Gadol can't be metamet for his father, because after all, how, is, how do we do it in the Jewish, right, halacha? Is it patrilineal or matrilineal descent? The answer is matrilineal descent, because after all, you never really know for sure who the father is, right? You always know 100% who the mother is because you can verify that you right, were birthed by your mother. But the father, it's always what we call a chazaka, right? It's always considered like playing the odds, so to speak. It's a chazaka be'alma. So everybody knows who their mother is. Not everybody knows for sure who their father is. And therefore, you might have thought that that's why the coin gadol can't be Matame for his father. Because how does he know at the end of the day that his father is just a Chazaka? And it's for that reason that you need to also write your mother, that the Kohen Gadol can also, not only can he not be Matame for his father, who, is, who he only knows that he's father based on Chazaka, he also can't be Matame for his mother, right, even though he knows for sure that it's his mother. So that's a Chiddush, and that's why you need to have his mother. Okay? Right? Right? Right, but if it had only written his father, then you would have thought, well, certainly his mother who birthed him, he would have to be Matame for. However, because of, so say, okay, so say, so only write your mother, that the Kohen Gadol can't be Matame to his mother. Says the Gemara, because of Rahmana Imo, if the Torah only said his mother, Hava Amina, Imo, Loli the reason why you can't be Matame for your mother is is because the lineage doesn't follow her, right? After all, the last name and the Yichus, right? And the Yerusha, all those things, right, go based on the father. How about tribal descent, right? How about 
the shevet, what shevet are you part of? All that has to do with the father. So, you would have thought, that's why you're not metame to your mother, but to your father, certainly you'd be metame, right? Right? Since that is how you separate the houses and the families and the shvatim and the last name, that's how you determine the family name. So maybe so there is a sort of like an advantage um, for the father and for the mother in two different ways. And therefore, Kamash Malan, that's why the Pasuk has to say both the father and the mother to teach you that the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to be metame to either parent. Okay. So that's how Rabbi Kiva understands, right, that the idea, right, that, uh, that even though a Kohen Gadol, right, even if he's a Nazir, can be metame for mes mitzvah, he cannot be matame for either one of his parents, okay? So, if you recall, when I quoted the Pasuk, I said the mother and the father were al-kol nefashos. The al-kol nefashos is another phrase that's found in the Pasuk of the Kohen Gadol. It's not found in the Pasuk of the Nazir, right? So again, the Kohen Gadol says al-kol nefashos, mother, father. The Pasuk of the, of the Nazir doesn't say I'll call the Fashos, but it says mother, father, sister, brother. So this is what we've been kicking around. So Rabbi Kiva says, okay, but now the Gemara says, I'll call the Fashos, Mais, Loyavo, and Lomali. So why do you need on top of the mother and the father to say, I'll call the Fashos, Mais, Loyavo? Who's this call the Fashos that is included in the, right, in the Isser of a Kohen Gadol being Matame? So as we turn to Memtesim and Bays, we're going to find out this cliffhanger. Who is I'll call the Fashos coming to include? Says the Gemara, Al Kol Lafuke Rechokim. The Kohen Gadol can't contaminate itself for what? For non relatives. Well, that, that's, that sounds obvious, right? Why would you need that? Um, so, because the rush has to explain that actually what it's teaching you, amazingly, is that if a Kohen Gadol, look at this, the first rush on Rem Testament days. Wow. So Kohen Gadol, if he's Matame to a non-relative, is going to be actually Chayev on two Lavin, according to the Rush. Well, that, okay, well now we understand what it means. In other words, because otherwise, a Kohen Hedjot also can't be Matame to non-relatives. Right? So it's teaching you Kohen Gadol is getting two, two violations. Uh, one which would be like the standard coin gadol tuma, the standard coin tuma, coin hedjo tuma, and on top of that, the coin gadol gets a second violation if he's matame to a non-relative. Okay, lafuke rechokim, mace lafuke krovim. Right, so coin fashos mace is again to exclude krovim, right, and nefashos lafuke revis dam shiotzim mishnei meisim. Chiddush that he can't even be matame. To Erevius, Erevius is a court of log of dam, as we've already discussed many times. Shiotzim shnei meisim would mean that if you have, for whatever reason, this court, we'll call it right, whatever, this Erevius of uh, this Erevius of dam. So then, you it doesn't even matter. By the way, it's not exactly court; it's about whatever a court and a half to two and a half courts. Uh, the Revius, if you, you cannot be Matame, right? Oh, no, that's, that's a, that's a, uh, Kav. 
Uh, anyway, be that as may, the the strike that that's not that's not how much a revius is. We we know we we know the machlokes in bed how much a uh, revius is. But be that as it may, if you have a revius of dam, right? So then it doesn't matter if the dam was all from one person or if it came from two sources. That's what this means when it says shnei mesim. Even it's two different blood, two different people's blood mixed together into this one revius. The Kohen Gadol is going to be is not allowed to be metame to it, and in addition, uh, concludes the Gemara metame be ohel that also there's going to be a tumas ohel on the Kohen Gadol shenemar al kol nefashos meis lo yavo the lo yavo as we've already discussed is what meant, is what is teaching you the idea of the tumas ohel right so anyway that is the idea Kohen Gadol can't contaminate himself with any of these things, and those are all learned from the Psukim, and now we know the source for the Tuma of the Kohen Gadol. Okay. So now we arrive at the Mishnah on top of the Testament Bays, and we're going to talk about the Shear. This is a little bit morbid, um, but the Shear of how a Nazir, right, would become Tameh. What do you mean? Well, Tumas Mace, right, could take on many forms, as we've already learned. This was the Gemara that we uh, read through on Purim, if you recall, right? Uh, the idea that a fully intact corpse, certainly a Nazar cannot be metamid for. That's true. However, right, unless it's a Mace Mitzvah, okay? Now, the question is, there is a calamity, right? and, you know, whatever, big explosion, and now there's body parts everywhere. So now the question is, right, at what point, how much of Thomas Mace would the Nazir have to be in contact with in order to trigger the need, Andrew, to get what? To get the Tuma process that's mentioned in Parshas Nasso to get the purification process triggered, right? Where he would have to wait Seven days, and, 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 and as the mission delineates, right, you lose your days of Nazirus based on that, right? It's, it's so sere, the days of Nazirus, as we say, and you also, right, then have to wait, and then you would have to resume, not until after your, your Tahar, and then also you would have to bring the Karbanos, the birds, and the Asham, and you'd have to shave your head. So the question is, right, w- would a thimbleful of corpse dust trigger this Tuma? The answer is no. So now we're going to discuss the shear. Says the Mishnah. Here is the shear for which the Nazir, if he came in contact with, he would have to be Megalech, which is to say, trigger his entire purification process as follows. Alhames, well, that's obvious, right? That's a fully intact corpse. Ve'al Kazayas bin Okay, so now if you have a Kazayas, okay, so now that's already a shear, right? If you have a Kazayas, this means of flesh, right? It doesn't mean a Kazayas of, you know, any kind of mace, right? But it's talking about the kazais of flesh. That would be, um, that would impart tumah. The kazais natsel, that is a kazais of corpse juice, okay? The al melo tarvad rekev, or a ladle full of corpse dust, al hashidra v'alhagulgoles, okay? And... This you would say this would certainly be true, right? If you if a ladle full of corpse dust will be metame you, um, certainly a fully intact skull and 
spinal column, who had, right, the Gogolus is a skull and shitter of the spinal column, that would certainly be Metameyu, okay? We'll see why, we'll see a fascinating story in the Gemara as to, obviously that's like, uh, some of these things are not a Chiddush, right? Certainly, again, if a ladle full of corpse dust is going to be Metameh de Nazar, you don't have to learn al that's superfluous. Obviously, a fully intact corpse will be Metameh. Hang in there, Barry, we're going to explain that, Okay. Val Avermina Mace, okay, whether it's a limb from severed from the mace, Val Avermina Chai. Okay, so again, that 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 is in fact a chiddush, right? The person's still alive. Rahman al-Tslan, they had a limb amputated. Well that limb isn't really alive because it's not connected to the person. But the fascinating thing is that it has Tumas Mace. I mean nobody's dead. Right? So that is a chiddush indeed. Shiyeshalav Basar Karoi, as long as it has enough, what, flesh on it to regenerate, which is to say, if you were to take this leg, let's say, and re-implant it on someone else, would those tissues, right, revitalize, okay? Um, okay, so that, that, that amount of flesh, even if it doesn't equal necessarily uh, a kazayas, is still going to be metame, right? Because that's the sheer. The ability to regenerate is a is another right novel thing that we're learning here. Okay, that makes it a sheer of tuma. Okay, bal kav atzamos, a half a kav of atzamos. Now again, when we call the revius, is a quarter kav. Okay, right. That's why it's called a revius. Um, however. Here we're talking about double that. That if it's at Samos, then it has to be double that. Okay, um, and and beyond. In other words, that what would trigger the purification process would have to be at least a half, right? So if you do the math, um, a revius is about uh, somewhere some, somewhere in the area of a I don't know a half of a quart to a quart something like that. Uh, a little less than a quart. Anyway, bottom line is, this is double that, right? So this would be like... Yeah, I mean, we have the... We have, we have, we have, we have Rav Moshe, and we have the No de Yehuda, right? When we get to the, to the number of ounces that are in Ravias. So what do they say? Like three, anywhere between three to four to five and six, something like that? Ounces? Of, is, would be a Ravias? Um, right, so you're saying that's a, that's a, a quarter lug. That's what would be a revius, not a, not a quarter cob, a quarter lug. Thank you, Barry. So I don't actually, uh, to be honest, okay, yeah, so a lug is somewhere between like 12 and 20 ounces. Let's just, let's just organize this because it's not a strength of mine because I honestly, Andrew, I don't know how much a quart is. Can I be honest about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it, I think it's like this. A lug is let, let, let's just organize it though. A lug is twelve to twenty ounces. Okay, so a half a lug would be right. Obviously, like somewhere between six and ten ounces, and a quarter lug, which is what we call a revius, would be between three and five ounces. Okay, between three and five ounces would be a revius. Okay, so where were we? Oh, kav. Right, a kav is a different thing. A kav a kav is is what we just said. So a kav would be about. One and a half to two and a half quarts. Okay, there we go. 
Okay, so anyways, chazi kav atzamos, as opposed to like Barry's pointing out, thank you, Barry, chazi log dam. So again, chazi log dam is six to ten ounces. This is more than what you need for Kiddush. That's how much, it's double that for blood, right? Again, even though, again, this is important to point out, even though three to five ounces of blood would be matame, okay, the chazi log dam is going, is the amount that's necessary, Barry, to trigger the tuma, right? So there's a there's a difference. The nuz, you can become tame. Let's say you're a coin or whatever. You're good, that's a that took on the zeros. You become tame with a revius, right? Three to five ounces worth of right corpse juice, cor- corpse blood. However, if you were a coin that was a nazir, even though you'd be tame from a revius, you would need what six to ten ounces, right? A chazi lug. In order to trigger the the purification procedures, okay, that's the chiddush here in the Mishnah. That's important, okay. In addition, so thank you, Barry, for uh, triggering the uh, organization procedures of of what these measures are. We should know from these things, by the way. I mean, it happens, but anyway. The nazir also is going to have to initiate the shaving. And, and purification procedures for what? For any type of association with this, not just maga, which would be touching and coming come in contact with said, right, uh, portions of corpse, but also masa, right, carrying them, as we described actually a lot in Erevin, right, how the different idea of masa and, ah, and ahilan, right, even, right, entering a roofed area where they are underneath, they would also be matam be ohel, amazingly. And then the Mishnah continues to say, ve'al etzem kisa'ora, and even the bone the size of a barley grain. Now, wait a minute. The bone the size of, of a barley grain. So for this, we have to see tosfos. Amasalva magova ala When it talks about touching it and carrying it and ahalo, so it says, the cholhani chashiv le'el matame ben b'maga ben b'masa ben be'ohel. So up until now, Right, all of those shiurim, aver minames and the and the revi and the chatzilog and the chatzikav, that would be tame in all of those three ways, right? Either by touching it, carrying it, or being under the same roof. However, now we're getting to etzem kisaora, and you read that in the mission, you're like, wait a minute, I thought we just talked about these shiurim of like a chatzikav. Now you're going to tell me that even a barley amount of of bone is going to be matami you? How? How does that work, right? Doesn't, is, doesn't, isn't that smaller than the min, minimum shear that you would require? So that's why Tosfos steps in and says, Okay, so without Tosfos, we don't understand what this etzim kisaora is doing here in the Mishnah. And so Tosfos is explaining, must be that when you have a barley amount of bone, so there... You'd even there, if you touched it or if you carried it, you'd be Megalech. But the Chiddush of Ohel would not apply to Etzim Kesor, because we've seen that already. It, right? We've already seen that that, that is, um, that you would need a higher shear, right, to have the contamination of Tumas Ohel. Be that as it may, Alma Ga'ov, Alma Sa'o, right? And that's what the Mishnah, in fact, means when it says, well, Etzim Kesor, Alma Ga'ov, Alma Sa'o. That's what it means, that unlike all the other aforementioned shiurim, where it be matame al maga, al masa, ve'an ohel, the etzim kisa'ora will only be matame 
and would in fact trigger the giluach even on right uh, on um, for touching it or for right carrying it. So now says the Mishnah al elu hanazir megaleach. Okay, Tosas explains. The Gemara is going to explain what is this trying to be made. Like now we're making a declaration. Nazir is going to be megaleach on these. What is he not going to be megaleach? The Gemara will discuss. Okay. And then the Mishnah continues to say, right, this is, this is what goes on by a Tumas Mace, right, on the third and on the seventh day. You get sprinkled with the afer of the para, the water, para duma waters, okay. And then on the seventh day, you're going to bring a carbon. Uh, and then it says, and then it just explains that when you are going through this purification process as a Nazir from the Tumah, you're going to forfeit the previous days. So says we said, right, that any, any Nazir days you had until now could be Soser up to, up to that point. And you can't bring, and you can't start your um, counting new until it becomes Tohar. We had mentioned already in previous situations that there was in fact a Machlokas uh, whether the Soser means you have to start all over or whether you just lose the days, right? Um, in other words, that, that you were in the Tumah state. Okay, there's a Machlokas Peshonim about that. But here it's certainly, um, we assume the Pashtas here in the Mishnah is that you forfeit all the previous days like the Rambam holds. Okay, And then, obviously, you don't begin counting your new term until you're fully tar. Not only tar, but until you bring the Karbonos. Now, Tosfos here points out, too, that you don't have to uh, bring the last carbon piece. He, he leaves it out, right? Umevius karbonosav, Tosfos says, lo garcinan b'mishnei karbonosav. Takes that part of the Mishnah out, and he says, because we'll see in the Mishnah, we'll see in the Gemara, rather, that that's not exactly pashut, that, that, that you have to bring the karbonos in order to resume your counting, right? It could be that just you have to purify so we'll see that in due time in the Gemara. So as we resume ourselves, the Gemara tells us an unbelievable story. It came for a great story. The story talks about the great Rabbi Meir, right? The great Rabbi Meir, right? Who's the author of Aristamishnaius, who is the Talmud Muvuk of Rabbi Akiva, uh, also of Rabbi Elisha ben Avuya, but also of Rabbi Akiva. He was the husband of Bruria. I mean, the great Rabbi Meir was the Rosh Hashiva. Taught Rabbanon, but they taught in the Bryce as follows: Achar p'tiraso shel Rabbi Meir. When the great Rosh Hashiva Rabbi Meir passed away, Amar lahen Rabbi Yehuda le'talmidav al yikansu talmidav Rabbi Meir lekan. Rabbi Yehuda was threatened. This is incredible by the talmidim of Rabbi Meir. Why? Mipnei shekantranin hein. They're critics. Unbelievable. You know, the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva, maybe lo nagu Is this residual from this, Barry? What is he saying? Rabbi Huda is saying something very incriminating indeed. That they're not coming to learn Torah when they come to ask their sharp questions and shlug up my shear. Like, only like kapcheni bahalachos. They're coming to harass me. Right, they're coming to undermine my halachas, and they're just basically coming to slug up my shear, and like as a as a sport, Barry. They're not coming sincerely in order to learn. 
Amazing. And therefore, don't let the Talmudim Rameer come into the yeshiva. So Dachak Sumchus, right? Sumchus, who was one of the Talmudim Rameer, made it through security. Somehow he got into the yeshiva of Rabbi Yehuda. As we always say, why is he called Sumchus? Who's he named after? We don't know. His mother liked the name. Okay, so, so Dachak Sumchus, Venichnas. Uh, and he gets into the base matter. So he's one of the Talmudim Rameer. And he gets through. Sure enough, Amr Lahem, Sumchus says, Kach Shonali Rebbe Meir. This is what Rameir taught me in the Mishnah. So of all the things, Barry, that Sumchus could have said to harass Rabbi Yehuda with, the, the one thing that he wanted to bring up, of all things, is our Mishnah. So now you know that we're learning a famous Mishnah. But this was top of mind for Sumchus. What, what, what was he wanted to say? That Rameir taught me this. These are the tumas that the Nazir Shachavah said for. And then it says, Right? It sounds ridiculous to say that you have to be, that of course, you, that you have to be Megaleach for a corpse, a fully intact corpse, and also a Kazayas from a corpse. There is an inherent ridiculousness there because obviously, right, when it says Al Hames, right, Rabbi Yehuda left it out. Right? Rabbi Yehuda left out al hames. So, right, the Mepharshim explained that Rabbi Yehuda only said al kazais min hames because Rabbi Yehuda reasoned, right, if you, in fact you're going to be tummy for kazais min hames, nobody in the Shear would ever think that you wouldn't be in tummy for an intact mace. That is an absurdity, right? This is something that we noticed in the Mishnah ourselves. That why are we even learning that you'd be, obviously the, the Chumash teaches you that you'd be high for an intact mace. And if you're going to be high for a ladle full of mace, of corpse dust, or, right, then of course you're going to be high for an intact mace. So this was what Rabbi Yehuda taught. Remember, keep it straight. Rabbi Yehuda was the one that left out the mace for the reason we just discussed, right? Because it's obvious. So, however, Simchos comes in and he says, no, you have to learn ala mace for al-kazayisminimi. So now already Rabbi Yehuda knows he recognizes that Simchus has slipped in from the Talmudim of Rabbi Meir, and things are already going south, <laughs> sideways. Cause Rabbi Yehuda, unbelievable. Rabbi Yehuda gets frustrated. Didn't I tell you to keep these guys out? I told you not to bring these nudniks into the shear, because the Talmudim of Rabbi Meir are, in fact, just criticizing and saying Mishagas in here. How could that possibly be true? This idea that the, I'm, te- I'm teaching you the Mishnah of Kezais and Mace, and you have, there's a shear of corpse juice and corpse dust. Of course, an intact mace would be Matame. Says the, right, as you continue to say, Kezais Mina Mace Mitzgaleach. I'm just a Kezais Mina Mace, you're going to have to trigger any of the purification procedures. Alamace, look, kosher cane. Isn't it obvious that on a full corpse, you certainly would have to trigger the, the tar procedures? So as we arrive at Nunam Adalaf, Amar Biosi, Sir Biosi said, Yomer Meir Shachav Yehuda, Kas Yosi Shasak. Biosi was in the Shir, and now he has a moral dilemma. He says, Meir Shachav, Rabbi Meir died. Yehuda Kas, Yehuda became angry. And Yosi Shasak, and Yosi remained silent. Why are you saying this? Because Yosi knew the Teretz. In other words, he knew why Rabbi Meir. And his Talmidim, right, included the fully intact Mason in the Mishnah as our Mishnah does. But now he has a moral dilemma because now in front of his Rebbe, he's going to have to embarrass his Rebbe and explain to him the truth. 
But Andrew, as you always know, you got to lead with the truth, right? You got to truth be your guide. Wouldn't Rabbi uh, wouldn't Rabbi Yehuda want to know why the Mishnah said mace? So he said again, if a mayor died with this shot, knowing the shot, and Yehuda is angry, Yosi cannot stay silent. He has to say the shot. What's the sh- if that if he didn't say the shot? Says Rabbi Yosi to himself, Torah matehe alea. What would be of the Torah? Right, the what's going to be? What is the um, primary right value? Is to get pshat. Get it, Andrew? Is to get true pshat in the Torah is the primary value. So even if it means embarrassing Rabbi Yehuda, at the end of the day, it's part of the cheshbon. Wouldn't Rabbi Yehuda would himself want to know pshat? Right, you don't just right um, conceal the pshat just for his covet. His the greatest covet you could do is find pshat. So you have to. Say it over. So Amr Yosi, so sure enough, he spoke up and he explained. Yeah. The complete corpse that's mentioned in our Mishnah, the mace, isn't talking about the regular mace. It's talking about the skeletons you find in like the, you know, in a pirate ship. And mace, she ain't love kazais basar. All right. You've been to the, um, to the ride, the Pirates of, Car- of the Caribbean ride in Disney. You see, those are all skulls. So he says over there, skull and bones even though there's no Kazai's Basar, still, that would be an, considered an intact corpse. Now, the truth is, I could say, Shedra Gogolis is also in the Mishnah. Okay. But it says, even without a Kazai's Basar, it, the answer is a Bimatame. Okay. By Dain Yomar, but still, Yehuda could still argue, I'll Avram Menu Megaleach, I'll Kulo Lokol Shekane. Certainly, you would think it's a complete uh, corpse, since again, our Mishnah lists limbs from a corpse. Why do you have to also have to state? A complete corpse. So the Gemara there tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, we resume, will suggest two explanations, right? One of them from Rava and the other from Yochanan. So a lot to look forward to, Bezat Hashem, tomorrow.